Welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we unpack the week's big political stories. I'm Mike Siluma. This week, together with my guests, we focus on the culture of violence, which has entrenched itself seemingly in our politics, about which not much is being done. In the last week or so, we've seen its impact in places as far apart as Lachtenberg in the northwest and Inanda in KZN. We'll also be looking at the impact of the COVID pandemic on the forthcoming municipal elections. And joining me this week are veteran violence monitor Neri Dehas and Sunday Times political correspondent Zimasa Matiwani, as well as Amanda Koza. This aircon is racist. I've never, ever been a spy. Can the VBS bank uh, loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shit. Can you please come in? Hey, welcome to all of you. Hey, let's start with you, Zemasa, from where you are sitting. Would you like to just give us a backdrop of what has been happening uh, on the political front in the run-up to the elections, particularly the, the violence that has accompanied the, the nomination list? Good afternoon, Bramike. So initially, it was a protesting um, that was prevalent, whereby ANC members in the main were, you know, going to the provincial office and uh, complaining that their disputes in terms of, of the list processes are not being um, attended to, that, you know, the provincial office had preferences at branches and, you know, those people were being elevated to the top of the list. However, this week there was a shooting uh, whereby three people died, Guamashu, uh, Ward 54, and um, to, to point it to the direction of, of sort of like making it clear that it is likely politically connected, um, the, the, the three killings, um, the branch was doing a rerun of its BGM. So the first one was done. There were complaints and this was a second one. And uh, obviously when that happens, you know, you most likely have two factions in a branch and, you know, they are both advancing different slates and nobody wants to lose. Um, and, you know, democracy doesn't count anymore. So, um, you know, if, if you're not going to respect democratic processes within the ANC, then you might as well eliminate competition. So I strongly believe that uh, that is that is what happened. Uh, Mary, they, 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 we, we all, I suppose, can understand the, a difference in, in, you know, in, 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 in political point, point of view, a difference in ideology, a difference in emphasis or nuance in a political party. But what I wanted to ask you, off the back of what uh, Zemasa has said, you know, to say the, it, it seems as if a violence in our politics has become endemic. You mean the fact that... Inevitably, whenever there are elections, <laughs> there's a political, not just political contestation, but violent political contestation, um, yes. particularly in this province. Is that what you mean, that it seems to go hand in hand with these political processes? Yes. What, what, what are the factors that are giving rise to this historically, would you say? Maybe if we started there. 
Right. Well, I mean, I think it's well known that this province has a long history of leading the this country. This is KZN. Politi- this is KZN, yeah. Uh, it has its own history of leading the violence levels, political violence levels. In fact, we even exported them to your to Gauteng in the early 90s, all from this province. And the reason for that was that it was um, it was the most heavily contested province in the country because it was the only province in which there was a sizable opposition or supposedly sizable because the Inkata opposition was never as big as it was said to be. But but the the the, the apartheid security forces were basically using it to weaken the power of the ANC from getting too much. I mean, basically, it wasn't about IFP ANC. It was about the apartheid state making war on the liberation forces. So that violence carried on right after the elections in 94, and there became a culture of it. Don't forget that during this time, quite apart from oh, 14,000, 18,000 people who died, there were so many people that lost their homes that were injured for life and kids grew up with this. So we've got communities that are uh, grew up, became desensitized, stunted by the violence. But we also had post-94, I think this is quite an important point, we had the worst policing in the country. Uh, we had the dominance here of the old Bantu stand KwaZulu policing and the KwaZulu police were mainly promoted beyond their levels of competence. They were mainly badly trained as political foot soldiers or defending the Zulu kingdom. And after 94, ordinary good black SAPS members did not get fast-tracked, but the KZP did, and so did, unfortunately, a whole lot of white security policemen. So we never really had any proper transformation of the police here. And then after uh, 2010, the policing just lurched from bad to worse because it became even more political. During all these years, first of all, it was Inkata policing, and then it became ANC policing once the ANC won the province. Clearly was the MEC for policing in 2004 elections until he became the national commissioner. And we saw a very heavy emphasis moving from Inkata policing to ANC policing, but also areas in which there was political party support from the police for the IFP, NFP, some for the ANC. So we've always had political policing and it got worse after 2010 and the policing generally got worse after 2010 with all sorts of people integrated who weren't police politicians brigadiers generals so we're sitting with really bad policing but this is the end result of what I'm giving you this historical overview that in the meantime the, the 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 violence around elections carried on it was Normally, until the early 2000s, ANC-IFP, then it died off around elections. There were still sporadic incidents of people being killed, not nearly as much, but gradually it became an intra-ANC thing, but that especially after 2008. Mm. Because, as you know, the 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 removal of President Biggie just drove a wedge right down the middle of the ANC. Then, 
And it has a lot of them left for cope and then came back to the ANC. That's what happened in Glebelands as a background. So you had this politicized policing and you had deteriorating policing after 2010. And look, for the first couple of years recently, I've seen an improvement, more accountability. But in this province, we are sitting with police who are right down split down the middle. A lot of them are Zuma supporters, or they listen to Thaley and not the commissioner because of this politicization. So I'm getting to why I'm telling you this. This was a factor in July during the violence and, uh, and looting, you know, with police who are Zuma supporters sitting back and saying to threatening and intimidating colleagues. So we are now sitting, I mean, in Peter Maritzburg, we have an incident, and this is the best illustration of how these police take the part of politicians. They often take the part of councillors. We saw that in Glebelands. They arrest the opponents of the councillors and bring spurious charges against them, which are later thrown out of court. It happened on Saturday. This is now last Saturday at a meeting in Copesville in Pietermaritzburg. Um, the sitting councillor is on trial for fraud. He is called Madlala. And the ANC nationally wants to remove him because uh, it has the rule now that if you're facing criminal charges, you may not stand. He's resisting that. So on Saturday at a meeting, one of these constituency meetings, it was open uh, in the ward to, you know, to others, there is an alternative candidate called, name is Zondi, I'm trying to remember his first name off the top mm. of my head. He was stabbed during this meeting and the police were present and they did nothing. Now, this is a notorious police station called Mountain Rise, which has also been part of the persecution of Tabiso Zulu. In fact, Tabiso had gone off with friends to drop some fruit and water for the old people at the meeting. As they were leaving, they were assaulted. And But the point is, at the meeting, the, the, the popular candidate, Zondi, was actually stabbed and very seriously injured. To make matters worse, he is a key witness against Madlala mm. in the criminal case, and he's a witness in the case in which Tabisa Zulu was almost killed. But the police yeah, were sitting there and did I'm nothing. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to want to bring in uh, Zemasa and Amanda uh, at, at this point, because you've, you've given us the background as to you know how right. we end up with this kind of environment where the, the violence seems to be intractable. But in the ANC itself, uh, Zemasa, just to start with you, are, are you sensing that there is a political contestation in there or is it a contestation about other things? individual issues, private issues, personal issues, or is there a political essence to the conflict? Pramek, usually in, in the ANC, you would have a political contestation when you're going to a uh, policy conference of the ANC, when you are going to, you know, a provincial or even regional conference. But when you are doing BGMs and you are picking what councillors and, you know, you're picking the branch uh, leadership, there isn't much 
political contestation. It's usually about the survival of the branch, the strength of, you know, the people that you choose for those particular positions. So it's, it's not a democratic political issue. It's, it's competition between ANC members for political positions and, and power, which translates to money. It, it, it is not uh, so much driven by, by the politics, but by, by, by other benefits. Presumably, everybody in, in government is aware of, of what is going on. You know, uh, Mary earlier mentioned uh, the, the role of uh, the current uh, Minister of Police, Peggy uh, Kele. So, so presumably, we, we can safely assume that government, as government, is aware of, of the problem of political violence. Do you get a sense that it is a priority, Amanda, in government? I would say that they are definitely aware. Sometimes you find that they are conflicted, and that's why sometimes it's actually hard to do anything about it. I mean, this goes back to even when, like Mary said, that when, when baby was still there. So it, it becomes very tricky when they, are, they have interest as well in, in the provinces. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that they are prioritizing it. There was a commission that was done in KZN not too long ago on the political killings. What happened with, with that? Who was prosecuted? Where are the people that were held accountable for that? Um, it, I don't think it's a priority for, for the government. Mm. Mary, the, the, the other broader issue, uh, though, is in, in terms of the, 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 the broader South African society, would you say that our politics is violent like this because of the broader violent nature of South African society, or do you think that uh, perhaps not? No, look, the fact that we're a violent society is definitely part of it. People, uh, I mean, we are historically violent. I mean, I've, I've, I've traced that out years ago, you know, about how even how this this became a feature of our life during colonialism and apartheid because of the circumstances, children growing up in broken families and not having role models. That's a major thing, major, major thing, the lack of adequate role models for children. They have a father who beats their mother or a boyfriend who beats their mother. And they don't have the role models they need if the fathers are around, for example. So that's an historic thing. We we need to address this long term. But the immediate thing is it's also an historic thing because people get away with it. Quite frankly, violent crime in South Africa pays and it will keep on paying until people are held to account. I mean, Amanda mentioned the Morani Commission. Well, the Morani Commission didn't say anything we didn't already know, those of us who've been steeped in this for so many years. And the fact is that, I mean, I was just answering some questions earlier. If you compare what's happening now to 2016, thus far, there haven't thankfully been as many people killed. There's a lot of kind of threats at meetings, assaults at meetings, etc. Uh, another killing at Glebelands on Sunday, etc. But it's still weeks to go, of course. But I have a list of people killed before the 2016 elections. There's over 20 of them. I do not know of a single conviction for those killings. And I mean, I, I do not know who this presidential task team reports to. Um, 
I get these figures, clearly comes out at a press conference and says they have a 70 or 80% success rate, but nobody can give me any details of who exactly has been successfully prosecuted, to my knowledge. And this isn't a pre-2016 killing. It's the it's the very well-known one of Sindisa Magakra. Because don't forget, when we talk politics, we're talking vested interests, we're talking corruption. And all over the country, politicians are getting killed because they are trying to expose corruption or they're part of a corrupt web and they have to get killed before they talk. So that's a, that's a countrywide problem. And whistleblowers, of course, are getting killed. Now, in the Sudisa Magak case, there are there is a case in court, and it's been in court for ages. That's the only case of the prominent people killed in the last few years that I actually know is even in court. I think there are a few others that are in court and, you know, maybe, maybe postponed. But, I mean, this is now five years later. And of these people killed before 2016, I am not aware of a single conviction. Now, that is why it carries on. And also, I mean, in the last elections before 2016, there were instances of people going into meetings with armed guards, threatening people, roughing them up, haven't even seen convictions for that. You know, the ANC says, no, no, we abhor this violence. We must do something. Then they must take those people. They must charge them. They must insist that the, the police charge them for pointing guns at people or assaulting people. Okay. As a matter, just to take us back to KZN, where the violence happened, uh, what, what, what is the atmosphere now? What is the mood like? How, how have the, the residents, the potential voters, uh, responded to this, to the violence? You know, I think when it comes to violence in KZN, we are so desensitized uh, to a point where if three people die at an ANC branch meeting, it's not something that would turn a traditional ANC voter to reconsider voting for another party. So in in the run-up to these elections, uh, we haven't seen a lot of deaths. Yes, there's been violence, intimidation, like Mary said, but in contrast to what we saw in 2016, whereby, I mean, people were being shot in their houses, uh, people were being attacked everywhere throughout the province. So, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, the, the provincial leadership had a press briefing mm-hmm. and they were actually patting themselves on the back for the fact that there has not been a lot of violence uh, this time around, meaning that, you know, they have made progress. So uh, to to answer your question, I think people will just, you know, read the story and, and move on with their lives. It's not going to be a factor in, in the elections. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and the campaigning has not even yet begun in earnest. So, yeah, let, let, let's keep an eye on the story and then, then maybe we, we come back to it. And now for the other big story of the week. And we start with you, Amanda Koza. The, is this, would, would you say, given uh, the court cases, the threats of court cases uh, that, that, that are happening now, would you say this is the most controversial election yet? It's most definitely. I, I would say it is definitely because by now um, the election mood is is really high, but like it's only started reaching a different level just this week. We started seeing political parties going out, putting out posters, 
um, basically everybody was in limbo until such time that on Sunday that the president announced that uh, he's um, moving the country from adjusted level three to level two. I think there, there was a little bit of movement for, there, there was permission or there was the green light basically for, for people to, to start moving because all along political parties couldn't gather, uh, you couldn't campaign. And we're so used to political parties knocking at people's doors, you know, giving out T-shirts, the ANC giving out food parcels, um, whatever it is, you know, our, our pavements are done. You can see that, you know, the elections are coming. You can tell that, you know, the street lights are, are all of a sudden they're on, the, the potholes are being filled. We didn't see a lot of that happening. We didn't see a lot of that happening. And I think it's all got to do with just the pandemic. We don't have the money just even as the government to do other projects because we had to divert all the funds towards um, securing the vaccines for the country. So definitely, um, I would say that the pandemic has had a serious, serious impact on the local government's elections. Zemasa, on the, on the side of the of the legal challenges, you know, have we seen anything like this before? You know, before even before the voting happens, uh, for for there to be so, so much contestation legally. Um, I I believe it's it's unprecedented, uh, Bramaik, and I think the fear to a whole lot of us, you know, peace-loving South Africans, has been the electoral commission's independence and the opposition parties, uh, their perspective of what they believe happened but yeah so far the the contestation started in court and you know they are spilling onto the streets now so yeah we look forward to to the campaigns um, amanda just to round off the COVID uh, element you know how, how would you say it has changed the way that uh, campaigning is going to happen uh, for, for these elections i've seen a few billboards but not many Yes, um, it, it's. I think it's very difficult, you know, and if you don't have the history of the ANC and the other political parties that we've seen, it's going to be very difficult for the smaller parties to, to you know, canvas for votes. Um, we saw a very interesting dynamic that happened last week, um, just connected to the vaccines, is that the ANC started using um, its platforms as, as the governing party um, to do campaigning for the for the local government elections while they were doing the vaccination drives. So last week we had the deputy president out in Rustenburg, you know, asking people about the vaccines, answering questions, demystifying, um, you know, myths and 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 lies and fake news. And then all of a sudden, before he left, he was like, "Remember," he told the, the gathering that to remember that. Uh, we've got the voter registration coming up. Don't forget to go and register. Um, he'll come back and tell them um, when who to vote for. So we saw something like that. And the political analysts that we 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 spoke to were criticizing this action, saying that um, they were abusing government resources. And we know why the NC is obviously doing this. It's because they don't have money uh, for a, a fancy lo uh, local government elections campaign. Um, just we had the EFF going out and we've seen the DA going out, but it's the impact is not as what we've seen in the past. The numbers of the people turning out to the rallies or the gatherings has been really, really small. Um, and this has been because of the pandemic. Mm. So, 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 so you, you reckon that this might impact uh, the, the level of voter participation as well as Masa? 
Um, it it should because you know, firstly, there is we we already have such a high number of of people, especially among the youth, who have no interest in in taking part in elections, and then we have um, the elderly who, you know, live with comorbidities, have been conditioned to understand that you stay at home, you don't leave, you know, the gate, you don't go anywhere. So maybe um, that's, that's going to play a role as well. But also um, the political campaigning, um, it's, it's dull, Ramaik. There is nothing that I have seen that has been interesting yet. Maybe after they've launched their manifestos, they will start. But what I have observed is what Amanda alluded to, that... ANC deployees in government, when they go and do an activation at a taxi rank for, you know, COVID um, vaccinations, they will go there as an MEC, you know, or as a premier, but then they also go there as a PEC member of the ANC, you know, undercover, mm. and maybe as a, as, as a chairperson of the ANC. So um, it's, it's what they do, you know, when, when you look at at colors of the posters that they do, it's it's green, um, black and yellow. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Maybe that's that's gonna work in their favor. But where I live, um, I've only seen one poster. It's it's a DA poster. Uh, so yeah, that's that's how I'm gonna gauge <laughs> in 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 my area who wants me to vote for them. So <laughs> I've only seen one. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's very uh, unprecedented. One poster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guys, I think that that's all the time we have for the Sunday Times Politics Weekly for this week. And I'd like to thank all, you know, all, all three of my guests for this week's conversation: Political Violence Monitor Meredith Haas and Sunday Times Political Correspondents Amanda Koza, as well as Zimasa Matiwane. And by the way, you can find a podcast of this conversation on Iona.fm, on Spotify, on Google Podcast, on Apple Podcast, or wherever you prefer to source your podcasts. Until next time. We still say stay safe, sanitize, wear masks, and avoid crowded places. Even if you're going to vote, hey, I'm Mike Siluma signing off. Mm-hmm.